true? What if I told you that all those terms, all those concepts are about as fluid as water? This anthology series contains stories that flow between them like a wandering river, between the mind, the body, and the soul. Boldly influenced by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. This is Dark Charm Presents. Episode 305, Smoke and Mirrors. Scion Henry Reeves took a few days away from it all to welcome his newborn son into the world. It was a happy occasion, and the gifts poured in as well as all forms of luck being wished. Pouring through the gifts, one arrived that made Henry feel uneasy. Hmm. From Juice and Leaf. He read softly from the card as he unwrapped it, keeping it away from his wife Anna for the moment. To his surprise, it was a suitcase full of money, around $300,000, and an acceptance letter to be filled in later to whatever college they'd like. Henry felt the acceptance letter, probed it, analyzed the money a dozen times, then a dozen more. There was nothing. No traces of magic, no spells, no traps. As much as he was relieved, he was surprised. He felt a pang of guilt as he finally presented it to his wife, the region's capo of spells. Oh, darling. I'm not sure how to take this gift. What is it? Items or weapons or something of the sort? Henry furrowed his brow and met his wife's gaze. It is money. And a way to get into any college for Abraham when he gets of age. Henry couldn't lie. It was outside of him. Well, that's amazing. Who's it from? The Grand Dragon? Juice and his partner, Leaf. The light immediately drained from her smile. They both thought the same thing. It was an omen. Either sent by Juice, himself, or it was the universe screaming the danger of being in league with a monster like Juice. Anna, still trying to be a good member of the Order, forced her smile. Well, it was certainly nice of them. Uh, please pass my thanks along when you see him tomorrow. Henry smiled back and touched his wife's weary brow, reassuring her. Nothing is going to happen to me, and I'll thank Juice for the gift. Anna's smile warmed from cordial coldness back to the wonderful beam that lit his life. I believe in you, Henry. With a soft kiss, the scion of spells wished his new son, Abraham, into the world and started preparing to meet up again with Juice Meadows. Henry didn't sleep that night. Instead, he made his way back to the Ordo Vitalis archive and took the advice that Leith had given him and searched as far back as the records would go, about 300 years. All mentions of failed bindings, mass murders, world events, were all tied to a single enigmatic individual referred to only in texts as the Hand of the Central One. 
Henry knew that term and recited what he could remember from the passage out loud. Ley lines cross the stars. Um, for the hand of the gods twists their vice upon humanity. Marches Beetlejuice. The sign of spells went cold. He spoke aloud again to keep his train of thought going. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice was a titan. No, no. He sat back in his chair as a nervous chuckle came over him. He let out a deep breath, putting the information into perspective. Henry knew the danger of confirmation bias, knew what it was like to mistake research for justification. So he stopped. Henry decided sleep was the best option at this point, as exhaustion was finally claiming its prize. Juice wanted to start very early, and Henry was obligated to accompany him. Being awake at five in the morning wasn't anything new for Henry. He did his morning routines and walked to a coffee bar friendly to the activities of the order right down the street where his driver waited when there was business to be done. A note waited for him. Good morning, Mr. Reeves. Good morning. Well, a man named Leif dropped off some things for you a bit earlier. Now your breakfast is waiting for you in the car. Henry looked up from the letter as he was properly confused. It seemed the deadline of 6 a.m. sharp was more than a request. Oh, uh, thank you, Jerry. You've been most helpful. Henry complimented as he walked out and saw that his driver and car were waiting with great relish. What the barista said was absolutely true. Blueberry pancakes, coffee with slight creamer, and toast with natural butter were propped on a small tray in the car. Well, I'll be a son of a gun. He knew my favorite breakfast. Driver, Mr. Meadows home, please. After a quick rendezvous, all because Leif wouldn't be caught dead in the car that Reeves had, they all got into an elaborate black four-door sedan with all of the latest bells and whistles that Henry could never have even conceived. Um, why do you need a towel warmer in a car? You never had a moist, hot towel on your face? God, it makes your pores open up and it is absolutely relaxing. Juice poured himself a mimosa and nodded along to leaf scheduling. Juice was dressed for business, like a corporate hawk ready to pounce on whatever came to it. Leif was a relic of the past in his outfit, and looked like a male secretary from the 70s, with a puffy shirt and slacks held up by suspenders, with his hair coiffed to perfection. It was difficult not to acknowledge the lions of the two that Henry accompanied into the car, but he needed to make sure of something, and it ate away at him. Juice, what's my part in all of this? I'm curious as to why you're bringing me along. Juice laughed, and Leif continued to scribble in the ledger that he held. <laughs> you don't know? Oh, come on. Because, Magic Man, you're supposed to help smooth over this transition of power. Help me get in with your operatives. So if everyone we talk to today, uh, they'll either know who you are, or have no idea what the fuck you're doing there, and they're going to want your approval either way. He eyed Henry with a large cut of caution. I, uh... I do have your approval, don't I, Henry? Of course, Juice. This made him a bit nervous, being a buffer for the order. 
so was his job. <laughs> Fuck. Come on. Don't be skittish, Henry. <laughs> We're going to take great care of you. Nothing's going to happen to our little Dumbledore. Ain't that right, baby? Leif laid a comforting hand on Henry, and Juice raised his glass. Fucking A right. You'll be Fort Knox with us, baby. Impenetrable. It was nearly 7 a.m. when they got to their first meeting, and thus began the whirlwind that was Robert Juice Meadows. The first meetings went by like a blur, police officials from all walks of life, even commissioners, swearing their fealty to the order. But there always seemed to be some kind of knowing look at the end. And then the meetings with the captains came, each one with a different request for Juice, all of them knew Henry by reputation and bowed deeply when they met the Scion, but all of the requests were granted, though through juice, of course. But they were common requests, things that the city of New Orleans should have been providing but weren't. It was insane that these men were at the point of no return, with their pride having to rely on a shadowy entity to take care of their basic needs. In the car ride between the captain's and the mayor's office, a new one since the last was replaced during the order outing fiasco that the special crimes unit uncovered. Henry knew the answer already, but couldn't resist. Excuse me, Juice. Um, forgive me for prying. Hey, pry away, my good man. He interrupted as he fetched another drink from the small bar while Leaf continued to have his head buried in the dossier. Henry cleared his throat. <clears> throat> uh... These, these things they're requesting, why does the order need to be involved? Why not go through actual governmental channels to get the things they're begging of you? Forgive me if I don't understand, but I would like to. Juice Meadows thought for only a second, looking outside to the passing world, then back to Henry with a smile that was not the usual. Well, we live in a world of greed but also of necessity to the city $50,000 for uh, new tires for cars. It's kind of possible, but for every car on the force, <laughs> no, not going to fucking happen. $100,000 for police uniforms, equipment, and some sick pay. Yeah, fucking right. It's goddamn delusional. But the union is breathing down their necks like a fire-breathing dragon, and they got to get it done. A million dollars for pension and retirement funds? Fucking absurd, please. Yeah, fucking right. That's where people like us come in. Leaf and I provide things for them that they can't get anywhere else and still get their cake. And they get to eat it too. And so, with all that cake and money, they go into our fucking pocket for a long, long fucking time. The benefits... Outweigh the negatives, Henry. Leif looked up from his ledger. It's a business and a model of loyalty to us. Us? You mean us as in the Order, correct? Juice smiled the same smile. <laughs> of course, Henry. The black sedan pulled out into the courtyard at the mayor's mansion. It oozed with extravagance and opulence, and it was filled with technology that made Henry's skin crawl. 
There was class, and then there was this. They were greeted by the mayor of New Orleans himself, and a female liaison from another chapter of the order nearby. Her name was Aubrey Sinclair, and she was the capo of the third region, which took care of Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. Pleasantries were exchanged between Henry and her until Juice and Leif stepped out of the black car. The order liaison went chalk white and backed away from the entire group. Henry was concerned. Aubrey, is something wrong? Are you okay? She pointed at the couple, voice filled with terror and panic. The hand. The child. Woe unto you. You are not supposed to be amongst us. You are not supposed to be here. Her outstretched hand weaved spells invisible to the mayor, but not to Henry. It was a net set to poison the one caught in it. Before he could stop her, she cast the net at Juice as he pushed Leif behind him. The invisible but powerful net connected and wrapped itself around the giant man, but nothing happened. The tendrils, empowered by dark energy, boiled and dissolved away, leaving Juice, the target of the poison, completely unharmed. Aubrey's hand was still out and Henry had to intervene before someone got hurt. Aubrey, control yourself. This is neither the time nor the place. While the mayor stood by confused, Juice's eyes set upon her like a raptor with prey in its gaze. She tore her gaze between Meadows and Henry, then finally grabbed Henry's face and pleaded. These are not men. Run. Do not engage with them. Do not take anything they offer. They are the eater of worlds. Run! She said before escaping the whole situation, running back into the mansion. The mayor who had no idea what the hell was going on, was dumbfounded. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, welcome. I'm sure that you probably explain Juice interrupted and put on a giant, easy smile to hey. put the whole situation <laughs> at ease. Hey, don't worry about it, Mr. Mayor, right? F- fucking wackos, all right? It- it's because I look like some uh, some actor that plays some supervillain in superhero movies or something. Happens all the fucking time. I get paid a lot of money to go to cons and just show up. But hey, forget about it. It happens. Let's go talk over some food, huh? Juice's reassurances seemed to ease the mayor as the entourage proceeded inside. Henry looked around trying to find Aubrey, but she was nowhere to be found. And Leif was strangely missing for the moment until Henry saw him come out of the men's room. Leif noticed Henry's gaze and gave him a warm smile as they all went to the conference room. The meeting, albeit its rocky start, went extremely smoothly, and the mayor enthusiastically agreed to all of the terms set forth by Juice to help him clean up both the city and the routes about to open up between New Orleans and the next order by Talus stronghold at Baltimore to the northeast. In return, the mayor would provide opportunities for Juice and the Ordo Vitalis to lubricate their already wealthy endeavors without much fuss. It just meant a little bit of polishing here and there, and rearrangement in key areas. The mayor was skeptical of the reach that Juice possessed, but assured the mayor that he had the resources. The question about the special crimes unit came up, and the mayor reassured them. Well, in New Orleans, and because the governor of Louisiana held sway over that unit, we couldn't do much to squelch their progress, but they will be a symbolic gesture only. Captain Dave Moraine and Detective Sergeant Braden Devereaux will get as much bureaucracy as they can muster, but the 
government can only do so much while in office in the next couple of years, and then it's the primary mission to put a governor in the office compliant with the order by Talos. Don't worry, Juice and uh, Silent Reeves. Of course, we will have this completely under control. Hours later, they left the conference and climbed back into the sedan. Juice had a perturbed look on his face, as if something had not gone right in the office. That idea was absolutely absurd to Henry, as he felt aside from Devereux's involvement, he got all he wanted. Leif noticed his lover's demeanor, but said nothing. Henry broke the silence. Was it what Aubrey said? Huh? Oh, nah. <laughs> nah, not even. We've been called so much worse. Right, baby? Leif replied, also uneasy but smiled that beaming smile and chirped with a cheery tone. Oh, you think this is bad? You should have seen the 60s and 70s. Molotov cocktails through windows, bullets through the front doors. Hey, Juice, remember that one place in Florida? Juice thought for a moment, then laughed. Hell yeah. <laughs> the birdcage. Man, I love that place. What happened? Molotov cocktails and bullets through the door. Oh. All right. Henry conceded and stayed quiet for the remainder of the drive. He knew he wasn't totally in their confidence for them to divulge anymore. They surprised Henry as the sedan pulled up to the warehouse where Juice and Leif had first met Henry. The couple got out of the car and led the scion inside, as if they owned the place. A voice greeted them with a thick Cuban accent. Leave it to these two to make an entrance, right, Marco? Two brothers who led the Amorosa cartel were both very strange individuals, but by reputation you would never tell them that to their faces. Unless you were Juice, that is. He had no fear and no care. One of them, Marco Amorosa, was a known magic user who had wanted to join up with the Order of Vitalis since he was 17. Henry recalled that Philip Minot kept him from joining for only the dumbest reason that Marco was not trained by the Order. His magic was natural. The other brother, Malachi Amorosa, was on the other side of the spectrum. He was known for being a ruthless negotiator that pulled no punches. Perusing the police records in Cuba and eventually Miami, Marco had killed 13 people before the age of 18. It was impressive until you realized that he wasn't even seasoned yet in the arts of death and destruction. Marco, the magician, agreed with his brother Malachi. It's always how it goes, right? But today was the last straw. Malachi handed Leaf a paper, folded in three. 
You overstepped everything about the 4th Precinct. They swore loyalty to Yuzhus, not the order, not to change. Those pentecosts rejected us a long time ago, and we wanted to give them help. But we couldn't because they swore an oath to you. What kind of bullshit is this? A fucking coup? Huh? All this smoke and mirrors bullshit going around behind everyone's back to get what you want. You fucking in today. That's the normal decree of combat between you and Marco. Loser dies, the winner lives and takes over the other business interests. Leif sighed in boredom as he tucked it away. <sighs> I was just beginning to like you guys. Juice laughed maniacally with glee. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! You got it! Woo! Christ with some dynamite! This is gonna feel good. He stripped off his coat, tossing it into Leif's waiting hands. Henry didn't know the whole story, but... Uh, Marco, Malachi, correct? Uh, my name is Sion Henry Rees. I represent the Order and the superiors to Juice and Leaf. Perhaps we can reach a resolution to all of this without violence. How about... Holy shit, Marco, they said the money in the bathroom's still alive. You owe me $5,000. Well, shit. Henry was confused and honestly offended. Wait a minute. What does that mean exactly? Malachi gestured to the letter that Leif had in his possession. Oscar Pascal and the other heads of the cartel had counted on big man over here getting Jew killed, or killing Jew himself already. Personally, I wish he did. The order of Vitalis made a mistake not bringing us on. Marco took off his own sport coat and began to unbutton his cuffs. Enough of the small talk, brujo. If we win, you don't walk out. Part of the deal. Marco becomes a new scion. What? <laughs> you having your magic man brother come after me? Are you serious? <laughs> you got the balls to fight me for yourself? <laughs> Fuck you, Maricon. Anger began to build, outrage and disgust. Henry was about to say something, but Leif's soft hand landed on his and Juice's shoulders. The feminine man leaned in and whispered, Don't worry, I got you, Magic the Gathering. And baby, it, it's been such a long day. Some of the stress, uh, let me handle it. It's been a while since I got to play, especially with someone of this dickhead's, um, <clears throat> caliber. Juice smiled and sighed, taking his coat back and leaning in for a kiss. Mm, you're too Lake good. got on his toes to kiss the giant man. I know. Juice gave him a playful swat on the behind and sent him into an invisible circle laid out by some unspoken rule. Juice chimed in once more. Hey, baby. Remember, dinner's at 7.30. Leif smiled playfully over his shoulder in acknowledgement as he rolled up his sleeves. Marco said what could be construed as a prayer and wasted no time charging in. He made it close and began raining punches, but Leif moved between Marco's attempted barrage, never letting the man land a single blow against him. Come on, Marco. Can't you hit this flaming homo? I'm not even trying. No matter how much Marco tried to hit him, it seemed that he was more elusive with every shot. Marco was getting gassed as Leif pursed his lips and blew him a condescending kiss. Marco lunged one last time, only to meet Leif's fist dead in the center of his face, breaking his nose with one shot. Ooh, that's gonna leave a mark, sweet cheeks. Henry marveled at what seemed to be a dance, then turned to juice in confusion. I didn't know he was this strong, but he doesn't seem to be doing much. He couldn't help the nervousness in his voice. Juice leaned in and whispered, 
Well, he doesn't want Marco to die thinking he did badly. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> he ain't seen nothing yet. He just wants to get something out of this. Henry's life depended on Leif winning, but he knew something absolutely horrible was about to happen. He was more than right as, mid-swing, Leif's left hand shot out catching Marco's fist. He then proceeded to use Marco's own fist against him. Quit hitting yourself, Marco! It's not that bad! A sadistic smile came over Leif's face. Leif's right hand grabbed the other man by his crotch and body slammed him to the concrete. He then brought him to his knees. Leif saw the panic in Marco's eyes. He went. I'm getting bored with you. I thought you were better than this. Let's kick it up a notch, shall we? A flash of green light emanated from Leif as it filled the room, nearly blinding everyone looking on, and both Leif and Marco were gone. Henry felt himself absorbing energy. Even from 20 feet away, it was feeding his magical abilities. Oh my goodness! I'm... I'm tingling! <laughs> goodness? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, no. Not even fucking close. Just as they were all regaining their complete vision, another flash of Henry felt more power emanate from Leif as he reappeared and tossed to the remains of Marco at the feet of his brother Malachi. The body was shredded like it had been put through an industrial machine and spat out. It landed with a wet, sickening thud. The man known as Leif walked forward with savage confidence. It's always been the strong ones. that scream the loudest when they're ripped apart. The sound of soul leaving a body is haunting to most, but to me, it's music. A true symphony of viscera. Nothing quite like a soul flaying. <laughs> Malachi, in a state of shock, awe, and rage, sank to his knees, sobbing at the bloody mess before him that was his brother. Tears rolled down his face. You'll pay for this. I swear to God you'll pay. Leif laughed as he wiped off Marco's viscera from his hands. <laughs> Will I? Leif was about to pounce on Malachi when Juice interrupted. Baby! Come on! Dinner. Juice tapped his wrist. Leif sighed in frustration, but left the other man alone for now. <sighs> Maybe one day, but not by you, and not in your lifetime. But know this, come after me, or Juice, or Henry again, and your fate will be worse than Marco. Got it, limp dick? Malachi nodded in impotent anger. Come on, Gandalf! I think you need some food and a fucking drink. <laughs> Archery! Come on. Juice was cheerful, despite the horrific display, and embraced his lover walking out of the warehouse, picking him up. God damn, I love watching you work. Mm. They reminded Henry of a high school cheerleader and the hunky quarterback after a win at the big game. Henry, however, was more frightened than ever before, and what he now speculated was that Juice and Leif were indeed not of this world at all. He knew he had to call Pestale. He knew the information had to be conveyed. However, in the car ride over to the extravagant restaurant, Leif had let him read the note. Pestale was trying to get rid of him. There, in the same red ink as always, the words that came out in the Grand Dragon's voice in Henry's head. 
In another act of smoke and mirrors, the Grand Dragon played a different hand. The note read, If Henry Leaves is not dead yet, feel free to destroy him when you're done with Juice and Leif. Consider him a consolation prize. Henry thought for a long while, then answered Juice's invitation. I think... I think I will have that drink after all. You found out they knew something. It's only a matter of time. I want to tell you that as long as you're with us, no harm will come to you. That we promise. Jew smiled wide at him and toasted his decision with a glass of bourbon. Welcome aboard, Henry Reeves. Now you know what we're trying to do. The question remains, though. Are you with us? Are against us? You see, they don't, uh, value you all your talents not one fucking bit but we do reeves took a long drink and felt the burn come over him let's bring that fucker down <laughs> meanwhile in chicago Frederico Pastale came out of his lush hotel room, hot tub, and naked with two women in tow, only to find the corpse of Aubrey Sinclair hung up from the high ceiling of his suite in a cross. Her skin surrounding her face had been sliced and peeled down as if she was a banana. The woman with Pastale screamed in horror as they left his presence. He didn't seem to mind too much leaving as the fury boiled in him. He closely walked over to the bloody carcass to see a letter had been pinned through her heart with a long hairpin that came from her own style. He grabbed the washcloth on the counter and pulled the metal hairpin out of her chest. Written in her blood, in a calligraphic font, was a lone sentence. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. He dropped the letter and walked over to his cell phone nearby. He dialed a few buttons and waited until someone answered on the other end. Get up here now. There's a mess I need you to clean up. Oh, and call Garvey in Baltimore. We need to prepare. Episode 305, Smoke and Mirrors. In the cast you heard, Gatekeeper Emeritus, played by Dan Mac McCloskey. Scion Reeves, played by Jesse Kirkland. Capo Anna Reeves, played by Emily McAnulty. Leif, played by Danny Atwell. Juice, played by Miguel Pedroza. Marco Amorosa, played by Christopher Hangel. And Frederico Pastale, also played by Dan McCloskey. All others, played by Ferd Burfel. Special effects by Zapsplat.com. Copyright 2022, Dark Charm Media, all rights reserved.